Welcome to There's Something About Mary Carey. I'm here with Matt, producer Matt. Hey, it's me. And this is your guest, by the way. So he told me about, you know, this amazing guy that he wanted to contact and have on the show. You were friends with him, right, already? He's been on another one of my podcasts. And I was like, this dude knows how to talk. And he's he's a very open book. And because his band had written so many infamous what i would call like infamous strip club jams yeah uh, i was like i think he would love to do this and there was no hesitation we've we've oh. reached out to some celebrities yeah that i thought for sure would say yes and there was like oh i don't know about doing yeah. a show with an adult actress there was none of that it was just like let me know what day <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about jared reddick from bowling for soup and now i'm the biggest bowling for soup fan i am gonna be like following their tour bus around all summer this is gonna be so amazing you gotta join me we could be groupies yes, together it's the mary carrie summer tour 2022 <laughs> yes! yes i just love him i mean he this was like yeah like probably one of my favorite if not favorite, I always feel like every week the next we're, person. We're just getting better. It. We're just getting better yeah, and better every week. He's great, though. I'm in love with Jared Reddick. Jared Reddick, you know, I hope you're listening right now. Just a very giving guest. He, he, <laughs> I, 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 say, I kept that his wife to like leave yeah, get no. mad at me and not let me go to the concert. <laughs> yes, he's a sweet man. We talk about bowling for soup. We talk about yes. all of the years on the road. We talk about the formation of the band, his childhood, his childhood. We talk a little bit even about his other side career, which which is being the voice of Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, which that's is so awesome. cool. I hope when I have a kid, he's still the voice of Chuck E. Cheese so I can get that hookup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if if the people are diehard Bowling for Soup fans like I am, or if they're kind of a newer Bowling for Soup like fan me, like yourself, like I think they're going to love this interview no matter Although what. it turns out, I thought I didn't know a lot of their songs. You named a bunch. It turns out I know them. Yeah. So there I you. guess I am a big fan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you said, I interrupt you because that's what I do. But it's true. If you're not like a huge Blank for Soup fan, after you listen to him, like right you now, literally, be. like when I'm <laughs> webcamming tonight, I will be listening because I always like listen to music. Bowling for Soup the whole time I'm on cam tonight. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So I guess without any further ado, here's the interview with Jarrett Reddick. This is such a comfy shirt. A fan bought it for me. I like put it on my wish list, I think, when I was drunk. And then all of a sudden it arrived. I'm like, what is this? I just wear like, because I usually just wear men's big shirts. But I'm like, oh, this material is really comfy. And like, maybe that's why people, I've always felt like when women buy nightgowns or men buy pajamas, it's a waste of money. Just wear your shirts, you know? Yeah. I don't don't really sleep in anything. So, uh, but that's new. Like that's just within the last 10 years. So you sleep with like no boxers even? Nothing. Yeah. I'm right there with you, Jared. Really? I can't sleep naked. Someone had posted a video years ago. A friend posted a video and it was like, tips to raise your self-esteem and one of them was sleeping naked like it was like it's very empowering like you're like you become comfortable with who you are and i was like you know what yeah i'll take any advice i can get for helping that self-esteem Heck yeah i can't do it I, I i can't sleep with underwear or pants but i need to wear a bra and a shirt right so like yeah i can't well, see so yeah, that's naked. not a real jared and i don't really have to worry too much about the bras no but my wife is very well endowed as well and has to sleep with a bra on because yeah, otherwise they like, yeah. Yeah. if I lay down and they go sideways, it makes me feel like they're going to get stuck like that. 
<laughs> but this is like a sleep bra, which is almost like a little sports bra. Although normally I sleep in push-up bras, but I'm on a bunch of hormones and my boobs have gotten too big that my bras hurt. Right. But you know, it's funny that you said empowering like and raises your self-esteem sleeping naked because I wonder, I walk around naked, like constantly naked. Like yeah. just like I walk around. I've always walked around naked. So I wonder if that is empowering, even though I'm not doing it while I'm sleeping. Do you think it's empowering if you walk around naked just like in general? Probably, but also, like, <laughs> I mean, you sort of have to stop doing that when your kids get to be. I know, I know. It's going to be. Although our very first guest, Megan, told us her mom walked around naked around my her mom. and her brother. My mom, too. My mom uh, naked, like, my whole life. <laughs> and then, and I, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure my ex-wife does in front of my older kids. I mean, my, my youngest is nine, and my wife, we try to curb that, you know, but he still just kind of walks in whenever he wants, you know? Yeah. Um, she's in the back. I never thought whatever. about that about kids. Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, this whole, there's this whole group of just limitations that they just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wow, I never See, think and about that's, these See, that's where I love, I mean – no kids, <laughs> no roommates, no pets. Like this house is just completely yeah. exactly how I need everything to be at all times with nothing moving or destroying anything that's not done by this guy only. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You ever watch Married Married at First Sight? No, I haven't seen that. It's a great show. But anyway, the funny thing is, is these people get married and they have to stay married for two months and then they decide whether or not they're going to stay together or not. And it doesn't dawn on some of the, mostly the men, uh, but mm -hmm. sometimes the girls. It it does not it does not register until very late that they're actually going to have to live together. Yeah, and that it's just hilarious to watch them try and navigate that because you know these a lot of these guys. The reason they're on their shows, they've been bachelors for you know, yeah 10, 15 years. You know, and uh, everybody's particular when you start to get to that point in your life. Th that's such a weird like reoccurring theme that we have multiple dating shows that are based around the premise of just like getting married before you even see them. My first husband, I knew a week when we got married and my second husband, I knew about six weeks when I got married in Vegas. So I've kind of basically done that, you know, yeah. you're the, you're the OG. <laughs> the OG. Yeah. It's actually funny in 2009, after I did celebrity rehab and sober house, this production company was meeting with me and they, and this would have been a new concept in 2009 and they wanted to call it who wants to marry Carrie? Like, um. who, you know, and they were going to have guys competing. It was like for VH1, like, you know, when they were having all like rock of love and, yeah. and they're like, Mary, will you get married at the end? I'm like, sure. You know, that yeah. sounds like fun. But then I went and actually got married like two months into us getting set up for the pitch meetings. I went in Vegas and I actually got married and they're like, Mary, now we can't, can we, can we come up with a new idea? Right. And they're like, yeah, but the idea was like you were going to be like the first person who's actually going to marry the person at the end. Yeah. You, you really yeah. uh, <laughs> you really got in your own way on that one. And that happens a lot. <laughs> it's like my number one thing. It's like, I get, Jared, I get my own way a lot, like yeah. constantly. Like yeah. there's always like the right decision and the wrong decision. I'll be like, I know that this is the right decision. I'm just gonna do well, the wrong. Let me let me ask you this, Jared. <laughs> while we're on that topic, though, yeah. like you've been a musician for pretty much your entire life. Yeah, you know, you've done stuff not just with Bowling for Soup, but obviously you're the voice of Chuck, uh, or as I like to call him, uh, Charles Everett Cheese and Entertainment. <laughs> Charles Entertainment. <laughs> Wait, really quickly, can I have to interrupt your kids? Do they like it's cool that you do Chuck E. Cheese voice? Like, that I mean, like you're the voice of it. Yeah, I, it actually, I'm sorry for what's that, crazy is is my 
my youngest son is actually named Everett, but um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. I, I just always thought he sounded more regal if the E stood for Everett instead That's of entertainment. So funny. No, uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> it's been 10 years. And so around the time I got the gig, my two older kids who are 19 and 16 were, you know, like it was, a, it was really cool for them uh, to an extent, but the music thing was so big at the time. Uh, and Phineas and Ferb was huge. So, you know, I, it really didn't, ha I did I just don't think it really registered. My nine-year-old still thinks it's super cool. Like he'll yeah, go, yeah. he'll go there and like, we will still go to the restaurants or whatever. And he will actually dance with the mouse and do all the stuff. And he, you know, <laughs> I want to go with you that. and dance with the mouse. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's, it's <laughs> a, so uh, it's a wholesome entertainment uh, place. It is super cool. And it's, you know, like even just like yesterday, like an old friend of, you know, of the band who 25 years, like one of the first guys that ever played us on the radio, he was like, Hey, it's my grandson's birthday. And, uh, I sent him a uh, voice memo of Chuck saying, that's so dope. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Cute. Um, awesome. But what I was going to ask was, do uh, you have sorry. any stories of getting in your own way? Much as you've had successes, has there been any story where it's like, well, we could have had this huge thing, but it was all on me. I totally fumbled. <laughs> Yeah, or not necessarily a fun. The, the biggest one that I can think of was we had this thing where it, when we first got signed to Jives in 2000, Budweiser used to do this deal where they took a full page and it was like right when you opened the magazine of Rolling Stone and you got a full page ad basically for your band. You know, it was like it was but it was like a Budweiser thing. And uh, they were like, OK, guys, we got this for y'all. And, and I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Not I don't really drink that. You know, and it, and it wasn't really a thing of, of anything other than like, we just drink Miller Lite. I, I don't have, there's no, I got no horse in the race. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't drink that. And, and they were just like, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, there, it's just an advertising, but I go, but you could ask me to be in a thing for camel cigarettes. And I'd be like, I don't smoke. I don't do that. Like, why do I need to be in an advertisement for something that I don't? It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I and think that that's showing backbone, honestly. They yeah, were, yeah, I don't think many people in entertainment. They were. <laughs> no one would do that. With me. They were so pissed. I mean, and at this point, we had nothing. We had no success to, to fall back on or, you know, anything at the time. Just, you know, except for here in Texas. You know, I guess that kind of thing. And then, of course life stuff you know i mean there's definitely things to where it's like it's definitely not the same thing because it's not bad decisions or whatever but when you have kids it really limits like how much you can go do and stuff and i was very adamant about being home a certain amount of time between yeah. times that i'm gone and stuff like that and so that cost us a lot that kind of thing but business savviness is kind of just something that i've always had so i'm i'm a real good i'm pretty good at planning and uh, and and sensing outcomes before before they happen. So fortunately, uh, up until this point, I haven't necessarily um, gotten in my own way. But I, I gotta I gotta be honest. I think Mary's is kind of the ultimate. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like we're gonna do this show about you getting married. And then just goes, oh wait, I'm gonna throw just a little wrinkle here. Um, we're gonna. I mean, maybe we could film it in Utah. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm like the I, I, yeah, numerous times I've done things. Yeah, like maybe that. they're just. Can they all be trying to convince me to get divorced? Is that like? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was just like, let's just not say I'm married. I mean, they were just like, I can't believe it, Mary, going on this concept and meeting with you, and then you go and get married. None of us really thought Brett Michaels was going to marry any of them. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think some of the girls thought they were going to get married. <laughs> Right, right. But I think he actually was already like actually married or in a serious relationship 
Right. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't married, but he was definitely in a relationship, I think. Yeah. It, I, like during I, that time. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, it's, yeah. uh, I know a bunch of the, not a bunch. I know a couple of the dads from that are on teen mom. Cause I'm a big teen mom fan. <laughs> and I've met them through, you know, them being fans of the band or whatever. And I, I, I won't disclose anything, but it is really funny. You know what, how much of it is just, it's bullshit. It's just television, you know, yeah. television. You know? We had to, I, I won't get into too many details, but we definitely had to remove parts of a conversation that we recorded after the fact, because uh, the producers of the reality show that the guest was from were, were concerned we would break the reality of the show right. too much. And, exactly. and I get it. Obviously, no one thinks that that's real. Oh, like, people, like, people don't know. People yeah. think it's real. They do. But I mean, yeah. I think a lot. But there is some real. Like when I did Celebrity Rehab, that was really real. Sober House was a little less, but Celebrity Rehab was really real. I mean, they just have you in the rehab for three weeks and film what's happening. Right. You know, but maybe that, that was obviously a different, a way different scenario than anything yeah. else. You know what I mean? I think but, their overall intent really drives it, right? Like if their intent is to hit some genuine heartfelt moments, then they need to let the reality play out. But yeah. if yeah. their goal is to get like outrageous TV, then yeah, they're going to feed people alcohol and spread rumors intentionally God. so that someone gets into a fist fight on television. Yeah. yeah. Joint under your pillow, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how long, I know, I think like from what I was reading, like 1984 is when you guys started. 94. 94. 94. I was yeah. like, oh, I said 84. <laughs> yeah. Don't age them too much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're actually, no, I'm, I'm glad you because asked. I feel like I remember hearing about you guys when I was, because I graduated high school in 98. Yeah. Um, and then when I worked and when I in like '98, I worked at a bagel shop with a guy from Newfound Glory. Yeah, I remember him talking about you guys. I think a lot when we were, and at the time, I was more of a like Britney Spears and Sync person. Sure. <laughs> Which you did end up on the label. Of Britney I know. Spears. We used to jive. I was like, oh my god, I bet you got to like be at parties with her all the time. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy, to be honest. Like, yeah, we signed a jive in 2000. So, yeah, started in 94. Around the same time she was there then, yeah. Yeah. we uh, No, that that was the big – it was it was huge. I mean, in 2000, you got to think, like, NSYNC was about to set the record for the most albums ever sold in a week. Yeah. And they had Backstreet Boys. And, of course, Britney was on top of the world. Like, I mean, I'm in her movie. I'm in Crossroads. Uh, we're the oh, band. God, I'm going to yeah. go back and watch it. I went to the movie th- – I didn't go to the movie theaters a lot when I was at age, but I did for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> They actually taught Anson Mount how to play our song. Uh, oh wow! And the thing or whatever, and and uh, so yeah, it was it was pretty wild. I mean, we got you know because all of our peers, as you say, Newfound Glory and yeah, we and all of those other bands were on punk labels or rock labels or whatever. Yeah. We're on this pop label, so we we definitely have very different stories of the early days as far as like you know, I went to Britney Spears's birthday party one year. Aww. You know, it was uh, it was good times. I mean, it, it was cool too because again, I you know I, I had kids starting in two thousand three, and so you know, oh wow, okay, we were yeah. on the label until two thousand nine. So you know, when my kids wanted to go see you know whoever you know because eventually Pink was on the label and oh, um, I love her too. So, yeah, good stuff. It was fun. Yeah, that is fun. I music was so fun back then when you had TRL and you had like oh my god, I know. I wonder, and like I mean, I'm assuming as an artist. You know, because back then people were actually buying like CDs and like, I mean, honestly, probably still cassette tapes in the late 90s even. And I don't know. I mean, it definitely was probably like those were like the last good years. It's kind of like the last good years of the porn industry were like up to like 2006 or seven, you know, before everything started becoming 
online and everything, you know? You kind of wonder, like, I wonder if that, if that's the case too. Cause I think about this in my industry anyway, like, are we ever going to have another U2? Like, will there ever be another, so. will there ever be another Metallica? Like, do we have the, because attention spans are so short now. Can mm -hmm. someone have a career that big for that long? And I, I just really, I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see because who is it? Is it, is it Billie Eilish? Is it Post Malone? Maybe it's Taylor Swift, you know, yeah. but she could have caught the end of that. But to, yeah, Taylor Swift is still towards like, yeah, yeah. the yeah. end of the good days. No, it's yeah. very true. I mean, because you know what else I think the difference is too is, you know, if you think about it, like in 2000, I mean, you didn't have your phones. There wasn't Netflix. There wasn't Hulu. You basically, you watched your normal television. So yep. you like, you know, if you were in your 20s, your only option really was like MTV, you know, or yeah. MTV too. And now there's so many different options. So it's harder for like, one person to like get as big because there's too many outlets for people, you know, to go look at. Yeah. And, and so to, to your point, the same, same is true for music because we yeah. listen to whatever was on the radio. Yes, exactly. So, okay, I used so, to listen to the radio, by the yeah, way. <laughs> exactly. Like, you listen to the rock station if you like. Yeah, pop. exactly. And that's certainly not the case anymore. We make our own radio stations now. We're all the program directors of our lives yeah. now. And so I think it's very interesting. I mean, it's cool because you see all of these artists that kind of there's so it's funny because I, I feel like as in touch as I always think I am with music, you know, I, I you know, kids, I hear kids, kids talk or my kids or whatever and talk about, you know, I'm into this or I'm into this. And I, I am so just out of the loop, mm -hmm. but I sort of feel like that's because of the way that music is now, because I certainly know everybody that's at the Grammys, you know, and I yeah, know true. That's at the Oscars, but I don't know this person that's in this movie that was made by Skip Jones or whatever. Yeah. But, you, know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so exactly. Yeah. I just, it's something, it's something to think about whether or not, you know, and whether or not genres, for example, like mine for pop punk, you know, so big again right now, and streaming so well, and all of us are touring. Simple Plan, Newfound Glory, Some Forty One, Bowling for Soup. You know, we're all on the road. Everybody's selling out every show, and it's like, you know, we're our heyday was two thousand three to two thousand seven. Yeah. Is that ever going to happen again? Can I come to a show? By the way, any time. Can I come on stage at the show? I'm, where are you? I'm in Florida, but I can travel. We'll be in Florida this summer. You must come to a show. We would love to oh, have Oh, I will. Definitely. You could, out, you could come out during Girl of the Bad Guys one. Yes, I would love that. That'll be so fun. I'll get my hair and makeup done. Yeah. We'll Wait, do what it. part of Florida are you going to be in? But I can drive anywhere. Well, we're doing um, – I know we're doing Orlando. I, I was going to say, okay, Orlando. But I, I have to wonder, like, yeah. with a band like Bowling for Soup, like, I have loved you guys for years. I've followed through Thank with you. all of the new releases and everything, but – like, is there going to be, even if a Machine Gun Kelly or Willow or any of these current artists that are kind of bringing back the pop punk sound, Yeah, it's like, is there even a way for a group like Bowling for Soup or Less Than Jake or like a smaller group like a Punchline that we're both friends with? Do, yeah. do you guys even have a chance to ride that wave or is it just kind of like... I guess we just got to preach to the crowd that we already have is who we've got. Like, I feel like it's so much harder for you guys to 
reach a new younger brand. Well, that's true for anyone. When I, you know, it's yeah. funny you say. I just read an article about this. Like popped up on, about it was like rappers and how they say rappers' careers. It's harder for them to have success as they get over thirty and forty because you know they're not going to appeal necessarily to the young people. But your fate, your same fans are still going to like me. I love still like Dr. Dre and Eminem. I'm not going to go listen to one of these like. 20 year old rappers so your original fans are still gonna always be there you might not necessarily get as much of the younger crowd because they're gonna like more people their own age probably but your fans stay i think the other thing though is like everything is moved to a digital platform right and like i discovered stuff like the beatles and the knack and all of these old 70s groups because i was fucking around with my dad's record collection you know what i mean but like people's kids aren't going to check out their dad's Spotify playlist. You hey, know? I got to cut you off because you asked me about the wave and I'm, we're riding the wave, man. It's yeah. happening. Nice. Our streams are up because wow. of mod son, because, That's of good. because we have a label on it. Pop punk. You say oh. it's pop punk and you go, okay, well who started this? Well, that seems obvious. Yeah. yeah. Blink-182. Well, it all started with the Descendants, as we know, and then Green Day, who don't like to be called pop-punk. But who yeah. who are the guys that really did it and, and did it for the genre? Blink, Bowling for Soup, Less Than Jake, Sum 41, Simple Plan, All American Rejects, right? Yeah. And we're all putting out new music. We're all killing right now. And so, That's yes, awesome. it, it is a way. But the, the other thing that you have to remember is our hits all happened – Big, our big hits were between 2003, 2007. Like kids that were in the car with their parents are, were five, six, seven, eight, True. nine, ten years old. Mm-hmm. Those kids are just in their 20s now. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I, uh, there, I, there's this whole new movement. What happened was actually, guys, in the like, you know, 2015 or so, all those kids went to college. And all of a sudden, our college shows went through the mm. roof, and we were just do we were doing college after college really? after college, and we had never done well in in universities ever. Like it yeah. had never been a thing for us, and so you could just see. So you got to think, Bowling for uh, 1985 was a hit in 2005, right? So yeah. if that song was on in the car when you were five, six, seven years yeah. old or whatever, well, now you're 22. Yeah, no, you still like the music sense. from your yeah. Exactly. It is funny. I, I volunteer with a bunch of teenagers uh, as a side gig, and the one day we were listening to music, and a fifteen-year-old kid was like, "Hey, I want to put on this new song that I discovered." Yeah, and he played LMAFO's "Party Rock." Right. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it you know, the other thing it, again, it's we're very, very lucky in that you know we're sort of this group of bands that sort of like, and I don't think it's unlike hair metal, for example, we have these yeah. hair metal resurgences, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, now look at the, what's the biggest tour of the summer? Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Joan Jett and Poison, right? Yeah. I True, mean, yeah. That's the biggest tour of the summer. And look at those bands are all in like in their 60. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And so the thing is, but that that genre of music continues to do well because people that like that genre like it. People's kids liked it. People who now are having kids are still, you know, you. I mean, dude, <laughs> you look at follow Sebastian Bach on the uh, on any of the socials, and his son can is like eight. And and uh, just shreds metal all the time. Yeah. You know, really? yeah, it's the craziest thing ever. You know, so. it is. Well, and I guess I, you're making a good point because, like, when I was a kid, I hated country music sure. as a kid. Of course, but my parents loved it. Yeah. And now there's like few things that make me feel more nostalgic than hearing like a mm. '90s Garth Brooks or Alan Jackson song because it's sure. like, oh, this reminds me of 
a long seven hour car ride to like Bush Gardens or Myrtle Beach with my parents. Like, see, and that's called prime country. So, 90s yeah. country is prime country. I liked outlaw country because my parents listened to Waylon and Willie and Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. And, you know, I just did a country record, by the way. Yeah, and you did. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's <laughs> oh, more, wow. more outlaw country. It sounds, it's Texas country, but people are like, man, what, how, how do you, how does this punk, pop, pop, punk kid? Kid, kid that I'm, I'm 50, by the way. How does that mean <laughs> doing, doing a country record, right? And uh, I'm just like, man, I have a Waylon and Willie tattoo, you know? Like, I have I have a complete sleeve of Texas, you know? Like, I mean, I've, Shotgun Willie is a flawless record. Like, you know, like, the, there's the, those amazing outlaw records. The crazy thing about Willie Nelson is, is that people don't really know how many of the songs that you listen to that are classics that he wrote. Like you know, for the Eagles or Patsy Cline or Elvis or just all of these. I mean, it's that guy is prolific. Yeah, it's like him and um, I would say him and Chris Christopherson both Chris were Chris just penning these definitely. masterpieces for other people. <laughs> yeah, that guy, you know, really flew under the radar, though, because, I mean, he was big and, you know, in his own way, but never really achieved like the insane stardom of some of the other guys. But he was a movie star, too. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> that that fun. goes a long way. too. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk about a couple firsts, though. Let's let's. Uh, I have to say, a huge first. He's our first male guest on the show. What? So you're our first male guest that identifies fully male. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm a he/him. You're yeah, a he/him. Yeah. yeah, you're our first he/him. I will say this. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to come up with a term for it because my wife is is always questions our behavior on the tour bus. Uh, because somebody's somebody's pants are always down. There's all somebody's always, yeah. you know, whatever, and uh, and so we just call it bus gay. So bus we're, gay. Just, uh, yeah. we're just bus gay. So it's, it's, why is every, why does someone always have their dick out? What is going on <laughs> on this bus where you guys? <laughs> why are you shaving each other's pubes or pulling each other's pubes out with pliers? What is? Oh wrong? wait, do you guys have groupies like girls at the shows? I mean, not so much anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, because again, we're of a certain. Before age. you were married, did you guys have groupies? We, we, you know, you know, there, there were definitely. He's like, I'm not answering that. I don't mind answering. We definitely had uh, female fans, and yeah. uh, we had a we had a lot of fun. You know, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Do they ever like um like? Like can't like they're like I like do they know when you're coming to town where you're gonna be at and like show up and wait for sure yeah how do they I find mean, that out. So I, I want to find out where I'm well, actually never mind. I can find out where Imagine Dragons are now. <laughs> <laughs> the wackiest time was in Japan. They know when you're landing, where you're staying, really? all of that stuff. And it's just, you know, like, <sighs> you know, when you see that footage of, you know, like dudes in hotel rooms, like yeah. on the streets or whatever, like we're just bowling for soup. And we had some sort of fraction of that, you know, which was, uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. and, and odd at the same time, but uh, yeah. But you know, we would land in in Japan, um, and I mean, there'd be two hundred people there. You know, wow, so, that's fine. And we're not, we're you know, again, we're just bowling for soup. So, oh, yeah. you're so humble. Well, <laughs> well I, I want to go back to uh, what what you call uh, bus gay, and I I do yeah. think that there's this there is this thing where as long as you're not like the most toxic of toxic males, you yeah. do get enough guys hanging out together and it's, it's like any jackass movie you know what i mean like it just 100. gets so that, outrageous we, we try to explain that all the time <laughs> and it's it's like a fraternity but you know like that just no girls go to the party you know so like, <laughs> it's, like that's the way it is all the time but you know yeah you're so right i mean it's it's not unlike any other 
as you say, guy friend group. I yeah. mean, you know, it's like, what, what are my texts like with my friends that aren't musicians? They're the same as the ones that, that I have that are musicians, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, really ridiculous stuff. And most of it involves dicks and I don't, yeah. you know, I can't <laughs> explain it. Gosh, I'm learning so much today. <laughs> oh my gosh, Mary. You're teaching me some sex stuff. I mean, guys, I'm not joking. Guys <laughs> or girls that would get caught or in some ways, knowledge of them masturbating would like spread through the halls of the high school. Like it would ruin them. Wow. Like, ruin them. Now kids probably like because of like online porn, they're probably like masturbating in the bathrooms at school with their phone, you know? Well, and I think we're better parents too, right? <laughs> I mean, like that's the thing is like our parents just didn't really know how to approach that. And, you yeah. know, as now it's like when my boys get to a certain age, you know, I'm just like, Hey man, you're going to have boners. That's super normal. And you're going to want to touch that thing. And then there's going to be weird things that go on in your head. Just keep it in your room, you know, and, uh, and nothing's wrong with that, you know? Yeah. And honestly, anything weird that you think is weird, it's not weird. That's just what you like. And it's, perfectly fine you know oh, that's we're, really we're good a lot, we're you a lot know? better getting the information out there that it's like no it like having those releases is actually really important 100 like, sure, sure. dude it's the like, kicker was, for the football team got <laughs> caught masturbating in his truck parked across the street from the high school at the at the local swimming pool and it fucking ruined his life like that yeah. dude is still not right like it, it was, and I, it's, it's, fuck, it was crazy. Wow. But like, I, I turned 14 and I'm just like, why the fuck? Every, I know everybody does. <laughs> Everyone's like, why, why are we not? Why don't we just talk about it? So, you know, I'm just, and again, I, now I will say this I'm from Wichita Falls, Texas. It's very Bible Belt, very um, Republican, very, you know, so I'm sure that had a lot to do with, you know, the hush hush aspect of it all but i wasn't having it man i was like we're we're admitting this and but then that's a lot of stuff too like i think about even me as a, a kid who mostly grew up in the 90s was born in in the mid 80s yeah the, even the perception that my parents had of people who smoked weed sure. when i was in high school yeah. to where it is now where it's like right. i went from my parents and and this is from me like the most straight edge kid that's ever walked the planet but like right. You know, if they found out that someone that I was friends with had even like had a relative that smoked weed, they were like really uncertain about it. Sure. And now like they're like there was a point where my parents were trying to cook pop brownies for my aunt because she had cancer. And I'm like, what happened to like it's, the people that so were so true. afraid of this 10 years ago? Yeah, My mom has a fucking pin and uh, <laughs> and she's been an AA since I was in the third grade. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, that's but, incredible. But she has like this, you know, some crazy shit that goes on with her hips and this and this and this. And and so uh, but you're right. You know, it's like the it's funny, too. You know, I, th what's really funny is, is like um, like that particular generation too, like, you know, the the like the generation before me. So if like, let's say you're 65 or whatever, mm -hmm. that was the if they saw someone with a tattoo, too, they'd be like, whoa. Mm -hmm. That's and now true. they're all going to Hawaii and being like, I'm going to get a tattoo of an angel, you know, whatever. <laughs> this is a lizard. Look at this tat that I got here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's just, it's, it's funny. I mean, imagine, think about this though, like just, just not only masturbation, but we didn't have the only gay person we had on TV was Jack Tripper from three's company. And he wasn't even gay. 
He was yeah. just acting oh, like he was gay. True. Yeah. You know, we just didn't have that. It's like when you see it now, they're so free about it. And like, it's just like, I can't even imagine like, uh, like my grandpa, for example, not, not, not my grandpa. Let me go with my ex-wife's grandparents. Cause they were a little bit more straight laced. And I can't imagine them even even seeing a television commercial these days, like because wow. because it's so like you'll have, you know, uh, we'll ha you'll have just, you know, uh, you'll have a white couple and a black couple and a mixed couple and a gay couple. And then, you know, and, yeah. and all of this or whatever. And it's just like it seems like that would just be like their head yeah. would <laughs> you know we didn't have that in the 80s for sure and you know you're a 90s kid it, it definitely wasn't really a 90s thing either no. you know it, no. it's 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 funny because i was i was talking about this with somebody the other day where it's like there are certain things from the 2000s where it's like all right if if i if i hear the the slur f word pop up and like i love 80s sex comedies sure i just know that that's a thing that i'm gonna hear when i'm watching it and i accept right. that that's probably a thing i'll hear in like the 90s movies there's still like you'll watch stuff from like 2010 and you're like oh you should know better yeah, you i know my my, my uh, bass player said it the other day he was just no he didn't say the word we were talking about it he just goes you he goes like we spent 20 25 years of our lives just being called that all the time you yeah. know by your big brother by oh, your yeah friends, yeah it's, by, you know, it's all of this all of this like you you just had that shouted at you daily if you're a dude you know yeah. just, just and then just I, somehow it sort of weaved its way out of there and and you know now when you hear it you're like whoa yeah. <laughs> you know i actually for the longest time i thought it was in one of the bowling for soup songs that i loved and then oh, i realized you were kid. saying fat kid yeah yeah that's the thing <laughs> in my town <laughs> the line is the song goes out to my good friends especially the ones i had before the grammy nominations of 2003 uh and all the girls from back in high school who actually spoke to me even though i was a fat kid and a marching oh. band but it got <laughs> mistyped oh. on so many lyric things and and i actually had have had oh that's funny people like no bowling for soup they have the you know this word and their song but and that's hard right because when yeah. i wrote that song like it was probably in things yeah i mean eminem yeah. was saying it you know yeah. <laughs> i mean and i always just took it as that like when i thought that that's what the lyric was for the longest time i was like well i mean i've certainly been called that once or twice sure. walking through the hallways i'm sure it's like him making that reference and i'm like oh wait you know he's saying fat kid yeah he's saying fat kid yeah almost, <laughs> i uh people frowned upon it for a while and, and then, well and then um what, what would happen too is we put an acoustic version out of it out of, of that song about five years later and people heard it and they were like Oh, good. He changed the words. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Be like a little bit more politically correct. And I'm like, no, I didn't. That's what I'm <laughs> People are so silly. <laughs> What's the first day of your life that you remember? Like, first day of my life, I like, remember. Like, sticks out on your memory as a child. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. So, you must know this about me. I have a pretty insane memory. Um, for example, like, I'll. There'll be a picture. Somebody will put this just happened the other day. Actually, somebody posted a picture of my T-ball team when I was five years old. And the original drummer of Bowling for Soup was, was on that, on that T-ball team. And he goes, I bet you five bucks Jarrett can name first and last name of every single kid on this team. And I fucking could. So wow. I, I can just remember 
tons and tons of shit. But uh, my first memory that I go back to is from about two and a half. And it's I, I was either two, two and a half. And it is my great grandmother's funeral and oh, my wow. great grandpa uh, from so he from a, from the other side. So mm-hmm. not her husband from the other grandparent yeah. uh, was carrying me through. And I reached down and touched her nose and I thought that she was plastic. Uh, and that is like my very first, like super vivid memory. And I can remember, I remember the walk in, I remember touching her and I remember the walk out. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. And so I don't uh, think I even, cause I lost a grandfather when I was like two and a half, three years old. And I don't even think my parents allowed me to go to the funeral. No, Like I remember it was just, I showed up one day and he wasn't at the house anymore. And like, they didn't know how to explain it to me. This and was the seventies. We were still rubbing dirt on shit. You know, true. like suck it <laughs> I up. Actually, I, there was a TV special. I love the Muppets. The Muppets is like my number one favorite thing on the planet. <laughs> and when Jim Henson died, they produced a special called the Muppets celebrate Jim Henson. And the, oh. that had come out right around when my grandfather had died. And that was, I remember vividly watching that special and realizing like, Oh, so I'm like never going to see my grandfather again. Like it was like oh. like that like show like brought, but I was like okay with it. Like I was kind of like comforted by the show. Yeah. yeah, but it was like it's which is why I love television and movies because they are a great bridge to bring you to emotions that you might not be able to get to on your own sometimes. Yeah, but, they're good placeholders too. Oh. I, I I love I love uh, film and music and TV because somebody would be like, oh what. Um, what year did such and such happen? And I'll go, oh, well, this movie was out and wait a minute, this song was happening and hold on. I was in this, this is my math teacher was and blah, blah, blah. You know, then I'll be like 1984. You know, yeah, whatever. MTV does a lot of that for me where I'm like, okay, well, I know I watched this music video when I was in this grade. So this sure. song must have come out this year. The first that I want to know from you is uh, something that I love to ask anybody who's in any type of artistic field. Do you remember what the first band or song was mm. that made you want to pick up a guitar and become oh, a musician? That's a yourself? good one. Good. And, and I have such a great story for it too. Um, <laughs> first, first of all, I have to, I do have a pre, I have to preface a little bit because uh, it's going to be an Ozzy Osbourne song, but I do need to let everybody know that the juxtaposition of what Ozzy is now and, and, and where his songs are in the world on car commercials and every mm-hmm. sporting event you go to and Ozzy's on television and he, he's in movies and we love his family and you know, all this stuff. When I was a child, Ozzy Osbourne was the Prince of darkness. He was the most terrifying mm-hmm. person in music. Like you, you think, Think Marilyn Manson coming out and then multiply it by a thousand, (laughs) you know, like this is the guy that supposedly bit the head off of a bat and peed on the Alamo and all of this stuff. So he was the, he was just evil, evil, evil. And I remember I'd even seen a picture of him because he had this album called speak of the devil that came out. Well, I didn't know what the term speak of the devil was. I just thought it was saying that he was saying speak of the devil, you know, like the devil's awesome, you know, or whatever. And I'm a little kid, but I was, I always loved music. I loved Michael Jackson and John Cougar Mellencamp and anything my brother listened to and anything my parents listened to. 
And in the sixth grade, I uh, had finished my multiplication speed test and I got a hundred. If you did it in under two minutes and you got a hundred on it, then you got to have free time. If you didn't, then you had to stay and you had to do math. So I was back at the class and Greg Norman, this kid uh, from that, that uh, I knew through school, um, not the golfer, but same color hair. Um, <laughs> he had brought his Walkman to school. And I heard Crazy Train for the first time. The All aboard. Yeah. And then the Randy Rhodes. And then just his voice. And I'd never heard anything like this before yeah. in my life. And I, that day, uh, we walked to a pawn shop. I bought a pair of drumsticks. Oh, wow. I uh, went home. I was like, dad i want a drum set and he was like yeah right and uh i got a drum set for christmas and yeah i started playing drums right then and then um man it's it's it was it was a fucking snowball from there i mean i from there i got into motley crew and then just you know anything i could not get enough of of it and i just that's all i wanted to do for for many many years until you know i got into acting and then i you know i went through a spell of not really wanting to be a musician for a living it sort of happened to me later to to really go for it but but definitely my younger years and teenage years all that that's the moment that uh literally my life changed i mean it, it, i didn't give a shit about sports anymore um it was just all music 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 and as much as i could get my hands on when did you wait? When did you decide you wanted to actually do it then? Because you said you weren't for sure you yeah. wanted to do it yeah. as a career. When did that change? When did when was the first time you decided that? So I know that exact day too. So my life is a little crazy. I, you know, was in bands or whatever, but I um was very entrepreneurial. And uh when I was around 17, I started working at a toy store that my girlfriend's dad at the time uh was was opening up. I ended up, you know, going into business with him and doing a small chain of toy stores. Um, and then, um, that, that went belly up after Nintendo and, um, Toys R Us and things like that. You just basically moved in and killed us. And so I started building houses, um, through another friend of his, uh, learned to basically just build a house from the ground up. And then we had a house that didn't sell that went belly up. I built above ground swimming pools for a while. All, all, all while I was doing this, I got two college degrees and oh then Bowling for Soup had started and we'd been together about two years, just kind of just doing it for fun. And um, we play. So now here I was three failed companies to been through college, two degrees, just always been really responsible. Never really just had like I didn't live the college life or anything, you know, and we played this show in Abilene, Texas. We opened up for this band called The Hunger. And uh, in fact, going back to the first of this interview where I said the guy, one of the first guys that played us on the radio, uh, I had sent his kid yesterday a birthday message yeah. from Chuck. That guy had us come and play this show in Abilene, Texas, and I, there's about 4,000 people there. And of the 4,000 people, everybody knew like two of our songs that he had been playing on the radio, and they knew every word to every song. Oh. And we walked off the stage and I vomited because it was so hot in there. And I'll never forget this. I, we walked up these stairs and into this sort of makeshift dressing room. And I go, guys, I got it figured out. If you guys will do everything I say and trust me and you commit to this and put this first, we'll do it. And they were all just like, fuck it. Let's do it. And uh, since then, and that was in uh, about 96. So here we are, 2022. Wow. We have the same arrangement. 
Um, they yeah. trust me in That's every so single aspect of their career that I'm going to make the right decision that, um, you know, business is my thing and booking and all of that stuff. And they trust me and we've had a wild fucking ride and uh, it all started that night. And that is as a as a big music fan and also a kid who would read liner notes. Yeah. Any band that keeps the same lineup for that length of time yeah. is unfreaking believable. So yeah, I'll, I'll, it's I true. Say, I will say that we did we we have had two member changes. So uh, Lance, who I mentioned earlier, that was on my T ball team, uh-huh. he actually left shortly after that conversation. <laughs> Why? Well, Why he, didn't wanna, he, he didn't want to. He didn't want to trust. <laughs> He didn't trust oh. me. No, he didn't want to tour. We 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 did the thing. We 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 left and we toured and we toured and toured and he lasted about another year and a half. And he was like, "Man, I just this is just not for me. No hard feelings." And so, the new guy forever was mm-hmm. Gary, who had been in the band for over twenty years. Yeah. Uh, and then um, uh, Eric left. Uh, about our bass player. Um, had had enough um, around year 23, 24. And here we are. Wow. So, so we have had uh, member changes, but honestly, we don't count them because one yeah. was so early on and one was so late, you know, like we're just yeah. like the bulk of what we did. It was us doing it together. And, and, uh, but even, you know, as you say, just keeping a band together. Uh, and, and here's the other thing that I can say about all six of us. We're all still family. There's four guys in the band now, but Eric and Lance, you know, they got the same tattoos as we do. We're uh, we're all still brothers, and uh, you know, I I I wouldn't change a thing. And that's um, I think that's a great sign. Like I, again, I to name drop them twice in one episode, but you and I are obviously both friends with with the guys in Punchline. Yeah, and like listening to them, they're doing this podcast right now where they're going through the entire twenty five year career of their band. Yeah, and the fact that they can get their original guitarists and their original sure. drummers and bassists to hop on a mic and talk about their time with the band, yeah, says a lot. Because they're, I, I'm friends with some local bands that went nowhere where the members hate each other. One hundred percent. Yeah, and oh my god, I mean, we know bit. There are bands that you probably listen to, and you might not even know that they fucking hate each other, but they fucking do. I oh, mean, it's yeah. it's sad. Some of the behind the scenes stuff is like. Oh my God, that band is so miserable because they all fucking hate that guy or this guy, you know, whatever. Or you, you got the bands that, you know, as you get bigger, you know, they, they have to have separate dressing rooms. We did the Tonight Show after Motley Crue uh, was there and they all had separate dressing rooms, you know, and, wow. and you know, it's just like, that's such a shame. Like, that's we, that's we, we don't I even, we won't even ride in yeah. separate cars, guys. Like, yeah. I'm serious. Like, if, if they send a limo and a van, to get us for, for for a show, we put all the gear in the limo and we all jump in the van because we don't. First of all, limos suck because it yeah. sits sideways and there's nowhere to put your. I legs. know. I have to say, if I'm not the one, that, like right when you get in, I won't get. It. Yeah, no. it sucks, right? And people yeah. people think we're being snooty about it. It just they're they're just not comfortable. They're, no. Like it's the reason why we like SUVs, right? Like yeah. it's, it's the best. But uh, we don't like to separate, you know, and uh, and I, I take pride in that. I take pride that my best friends in the world are still on stage with me every night. And, yeah. The, no, it, it's a bummer when you hear things like Slash saying, like, I love money more than I hate Axel. Like, it's like, that's uh, yeah. that doesn't yeah. really give me a vibe that I want to listen to more Guns and Roses. It's you know what I mean? Like, you. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of gross to me. Like, I, yeah, I, especially, you know. Especially because he doesn't need the money. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. it, it was like a, I love money. Like we're trying to survive out here kind of thing, but it's, it, they don't need it. I, that, 
it does that that puts like one of those okay i don't really yeah. guess i need to listen to patients anymore you know yeah <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it really it takes the win you it there are so many things where it's like even I, I won't say any names, but obviously being friends with people who are in the same genre as you and you hear those stories where it's like, oh, yeah, we met this one band and they're kind of dicks. And ever since then, I haven't been able to listen to their music the same way. And it's like, yeah. that sucks. Like they, there is an element of truth of the like, you don't want to meet your heroes. Like sometimes you meet them and they're great, but other times they will ruin every good memory that you've ever held about that. band. I'm very fortunate. You know, that really hasn't ever happened to me. Um, you know, I, I think I've definitely met some people where I gave them a benefit of the doubt of them. Just, it just not being a good day for them, you know? And I, I think about me and you know what it takes sometimes, like if I'm just in a really bad place, I have depression and anxiety and I I got it really late. I didn't get it till I was like 40. So it's something I've had to deal with, you know, while a lot of changes are going on in my career and my life and, and all that. But I think what it takes sometimes for me to just be on all the time. And that's a gift that I have, but some people just don't have that anyway. And I can just imagine that if they're having a bad day or, you know, they just don't feel like themselves. So I try and give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but I've, I've met, I've met a few dicks, you know, out there. And I just, I just sort of chalk it up to being like, Oh man, you know, and not just the ones that are in pictures of you guys in the van. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a level of that. I would probably meet Ozzy or somebody like that just to say hello but where I don't take advantage of that is like I was at the Billboard Music Awards one time. Courtney Love was upstairs. And um, so her man, my manager knew her and he goes, hey, do you want to go up and meet Courtney? And I go, no, I go, <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but what the fuck do I have? You know, it, it, I, I'm really we would literally just be looking at you going, OK, you know, you're famous. I'm famous. But and hey. See you later. <laughs> you know, exactly like, what you I've had where people have introduced me to people like, you know, like someone who knows this other and then they'll be like, and it's a very awkward like yeah. hi, right. hi, yeah. Like yeah. I kind of know stuff about you, you know stuff. It's about like me. being on a blind date that 100%. you didn't want to be set up on. You're yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mary, that's you're you're exactly right. It's like, okay, you know this song that I do, and I know, yeah. you know this song in this movie that you whatever. See you later. You know, again, I, it's yeah. uh, so, so sometimes it's just not, I mean, you know, I, so you know what? I, I take that back now. I think yeah. we all, and this is more recent. So in recent years, I guess that's changed a smidge because we'll all do it so we can have the photo for social media. Social right? media. Exactly. It's like, and now it's just like, that's what you're meeting for. So it's made exactly. it a little bit easier. So you can just go and be like, all right, hey, uh, you want to do selfie or you want my guy to take Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Have a great rest of the night. See you later. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. You want me to do any special hashtag or anything? Yeah. Or uh... <laughs> It is funny because you do have like, yeah, like say a Tom Cruise situation, right? Right. And I'm, I'm going to do this to to apply to as many as many of the people in this call as possible. But like, Tom Cruise is like, yeah, maybe I would meet Tom Cruise and get the photo for social media, but I w- really wouldn't have anything to talk about. But then if someone was like, hey, would you like to meet Curtis Armstrong? You know, the guy who played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds? I'd be like, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, 
want to chat his ear off and Are be like, kidding? like, yeah, is he free for an hour? Because that's how long I need, you know, yeah, like it's, it's I find myself getting so much more excited about these like B and C level like bit characters that were in movies that I loved way more than if I yeah. got to meet like the biggest name in Hollywood. I'd be like, whatever, like, what's The Rock going to talk to me about? Like, <laughs> well, it's like being starstruck to me, too. Like, it's always interesting yeah. to me, like, who makes me starstruck? Like, I, so um, the, the one time that we went to the Grammys, um, you know, I'm it's 2003. So it's been a long time ago, but you know, you're just surrounded by, I peed next to Elvis Costello yeah. and I'm like, I'm like shaking hands with BB King. And at the exact same time, Bonnie Raitt told me how cute I was and kissed me on the mouth. And like, and it just That's like something to talk about. Oh my God. It was amazing. That's, and I'm just like, Holy shit. We're sitting, there's a Vander Holyfield and Jimmy Fallon's behind us or whatever. Michael J. Fox walks in and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> you know? like, Alex P. Keaton just walked through the door. What the fuck? Who said, how, how did I not know this guy was going to be here? And it just, that would be know. me. I, I've decided Weird Al is the one for me. If I, Ooh, timely, if, that's a timely one. Yeah. If I was to bump into Weird Al, yeah. I would lose all control of any sense in my I saw body him going I, up an escalator at a mall one time so mary do you have any final questions for jared i'm sure we could go another two or three I hours well i really but. could i mean <laughs> yes i definitely could talk well i'm going to come to a concert yeah what is the website and where, where do we find it yeah, for everyone listening can everyone stay on top of, of yeah. the big because this is a big almost summer long tour i can't wait i'm going to with you guys everywhere can i be on the bus i don't care how many dicks i see <laughs> you guys can walk around naked i'll be naked and i could be like i I could be your guys's like um i'll be like an mc or a dancer or you know i could just stand on the side sure so yeah. i okay, mean perfect. Right. we'll figure out something <laughs> what is it the uh on that thing you do it's like okay you're the valet all right so oh, yeah and yeah i'll do that yeah yeah I'll uh, do it. you know all bowling for soup stuff can be found at bowlingforsoup.com you can find okay. everything i do jarrettreddick.com you can find uh, all my podcasts all my bands you can see my voice acting stuff oh we have to ask him the big one too though really oh, that is true we do have to wrap up with the big question yes. all right yes all right um when was the first time you had sex <laughs> oh my god this is another great question oh good <laughs> this is a good way to end it then right well, i'm a late bloomer as far as full sex yeah. is concerned but i had had my share of you know fingers and in, in girls and uh, <laughs> you know why is fingering so big when you're in high school it was and then it like a big deal. It disappears once you can start having sex you know what i mean i, I was in the marching <laughs> band in high school and in yeah. marching band, that's really your goal you just want to get your finger in as yes, many people I remember as you can you know yeah. and uh but yeah, um, seventeen actually, and um, but yeah, I was only, yeah, me too. I actually had sex with my brother's girlfriend. What yeah. does your brother know? One hundred percent. It's in. The oh sleep. my god! So and he, they were five years older than me, and uh, they were they were having they were sort of on the outs at the time, and uh, she started talking to me, and you know I was only seventeen, she was uh, twenty two years old, so I was, I was pretty, you know in awe of the whole situation. I, could, I couldn't believe what was happening. You know? Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, she <gasps> met me uh, at my, uh, at my band practice place one time and we oh. laid down on the floor in the hall and uh, it, it, I, I did a pretty, pretty solid 30 to 40 seconds. Yeah. And, and, uh, okay. and then I thought I peed in her. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, that feels like too much. Uh, that's yeah. probably not good. That's so cute, though. That was my first. But my brother actually. How'd your brother find out? How'd your brother find out? I told him. 
Um, How was, long did you wait to tell him? Well, I told him right away because really? I was like, look, dude, here's the deal. You know, he goes, he goes, and he, my brother loves me so much and, he, and he's five years older and we went through a lot as kids and he was always very protective and, and you know, he, of course he beat the shit out of me when it was just me and him or whatever, but as I far as boys life, do that to each other, they I don't do. know, but as far as life goes, he always had my, you know, my back and, but, uh, he was, he actually thanked me for, uh, for just making sure that the relationship ended. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was my first time. Aw, I love Jared. I love you. I love Too you. Too you're married. Oh, well. This is a Says great show. Married, Mary, Carrie. Married, Mary, Carrie. <laughs> That's right. Married, Carrie. Mary, Carrie. Well, you know what? Why don't we become swingers together? <laughs> Let's discuss. <laughs> There's just something about Mary. 